This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. But this is what Job 23, 12 says. Neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips. Job said, I've esteemed the words of his mouth. I've esteemed the word of God more than my necessary food. Job said, God's word matters more than my next meal. It matters more than any meal. I've esteemed the word of God more than my necessary food. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you and I love you. And I pray today that you would speak to us and through us. I pray that you would meet the needs of your people. I realize there are people hurting. I realize there are people that need direction. And I pray that you would meet the needs of your people. God, and for all you do, we're going to praise you. For I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Till you come, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you for just a little while on the Bible will change your life. The Bible will literally change your life. Two little boys were playmates, and they would go over to the one little boy's grandmother. I mean, she was older. She was, you know, she was, she was in the evening period of life. She was a grandmother, and and they would go over there, and every time they would go over there, she was always reading her Bible. I mean, she was always reading her Bible. And finally, one little boy said to the other one, he said, I notice every time we come and play, your grandmother's reading the same book. Every time I come over and play with you, she's always reading the Bible. Why do you think that is? And the one little boy said, I think she's cramming for finals. And folks, I don't know what season you're in, but we all need to be cramming for finals, amen? We, we all need to be in the Bible. D.L. Moody said, God didn't give us the Bible to increase our knowledge. God gave us the Bible to change our lives. See, 2 Timothy 3 and 16 says this, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Now, now, what's it? It's given by inspiration. What does inspired mean? It means this, folks. It means it's God-breathed. It means that the 66 books of the Bible are God-breathed. It means the 1,189 chapters is God-breathed. It means the 31,102 verses are God-breathed. It means the 775,695 words in the Bible are literally God-breathed. Folks, it, it's, not a, it's not a book of miracles. It's the miracle book. It, it's the Word of God. The Word of God. Now, now let me say uh, uh, four things real quick. First of all, folks, it's inerrant. 
It's inerrant. Now understand, it was written by 40 different men <laughs> in 13 different countries on three different continents in three different languages over a 1,500-year period. But hear me closely. Not one contradiction, not one error in the book. Why? Because it's the inerrant Word of God. It's the inerrant Word of God. You say, Pastor, you... No, no, I just believe it from the beginning to maps. Because it's the inerrant Word of God. Somebody said, well, what is your opinion on this? My opinion really doesn't matter. Neither does yours. It's what God's Word says. It's the inerrant Word of God. But wait, folks. It's not only inerrant. It's infallible. Preacher, what does it mean it's infallible? It means this. It will never fail you. Things and people and situations and circumstances may fail you, but the Word of God will never fail you. Sometimes when I'm going through a hard time, I take my Bible and I just hold it up real close and go to sleep with it. You say, you're a nut. I'm screwed on the right boat. Amen? Because let me tell you something. It's, it's infallible. I've had a lot of things fail me, but the Word of God will never fail you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, listen, <laughs> it's, I, I say with affirmation, it's inerrant. I, I say with confidence, it's infallible. I say with confidence, it's incontestable. It's incontestable. Somebody asked Charles Spurgeon on one occasion, Mr. Spurgeon, how do you defend the Bible. Mr. Spurgeon said, it's not my job to defend the Bible. He said, I treat the Bible like a lion. I let it out of its cage and it will defend itself. <laughs> let me tell you something. You treat your Bible like a lion. You let it out of the cage and it will defend itself. The Bible doesn't need you to defend it. It will defend itself. It is the Word of God. But I tell you also, <laughs> it's indestructible. It's indestructible. Voltaire, the French philosopher who died in 1778, he was an atheist. And he said this during his day. The Bible is dead and meaningless. He was the greatest critic of the Bible in his day. And yet just a few years after Voltaire's death, the Geneva Bible Society bought the very house where Voltaire had lived, and there they printed thousands of copies of the Word of God. In the very house of the man who said, the Bible is dead. Voltaire was dead, but yet the Word of God lives on. <laughs> because, ladies and gentlemen, the grass withereth, the flower may fade, but the Word of God is going to stand forever. Amen? <laughs> the other day, I made a conviction in my heart that in 2024, 
Not only am I challenging you to read your Bible more, but I'm going to read my Bible more. You say, well, pastor, you always read your Bible. No, no, no. The enemy had rather you prepare a sermon is prepare yourself. I want to prepare myself. I, I, I need the Word of God in my life. You need the Word of God in your life. So I, I said, I'm going to go get me a, a, a new Bible. And I walked into the bookstore, and I said, I want to get a Bible. And they said, what kind are you wanting? I said, big print. <laughs> when you've had as many eye surgeries as I have, you need, you need big print. But let me say to you, I want to challenge you to get on a Bible reading plan. I mean, literally, you can go to our website if you're watching and look, you, you can download a, a Bible reading plan where you can read through the Bible. You said, Preacher, I'm, I, I, I'm just in one of the campuses. Well, we'll go to the welcome centers and they'll give you a physical copy of a Bible reading plan because I want to get people in the Bible. Uh, uh, a few months back, I was preaching in Wichita, Kansas. And while I was there in that church, a great church, Pastor Mark Hoover, they had something. I said, I want to get that. I want to get that. They had Day Spring Church Bible. And I said, we need to do that at Rock Springs. I want to get a Rock Springs Bible, not just the Word of God, a Rock Springs Bible. And I want to challenge our people. They tell me they'll be here in about a week. But I want to challenge our people to get in the Word of God, to get in your Bible. That way, hey, if you're reading, we're on the, we're on the very same page, amen? Get, it, get in your Bible. Get in the Word of God because, folks, we need the Word of God. Now, let, now, let me quickly move. Why is it so important? Pastor, why is it important to me that I get in my Bible? Isn't it enough just coming to hear you preach? No, no, that's not enough. If all you get is... The preaching on Sunday, you'll die of malnutrition. Sometimes people will come up to me and say, oh, preacher, I'm, you know, or they'll come in here and they'll say, uh, I just had to come where I'm being fed. I'm just not being fed. You need to quit saying that. The only people at the table who has to feed themselves is babies anyway. The only people we have to feed is babies, amen? It's your responsibility to feed yourself. It's your responsibility to get in your Bible. It's your responsibility to get in the Word of God. Only people we have to feed at the table is babies. So why is it so important? Well, let me tell you five things right quick. First of all, the Bible reveals God's thoughts. The Bible, you say, Pastor, I, I, I need to know what God's thoughts are on things. Well, look what God's Word says. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. No, hold it right there. God's thoughts are much higher than our thoughts, and his ways are much higher than our ways. But look what God's word says. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, thank God it's not happening right now, amen? But look. And returneth not thither. But what does it do? It waters the earth and maketh it bring forth the bud. That it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Look. God said, you don't know my ways. 
You don't know my thoughts. But as the rain and the snow comes down, look what the next verse says. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. <laughs> it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing where I, wherein I send it. What he's saying? It's saying this, folks. How do we know the thoughts of God? Just as the rain comes down, just as the snow comes down, he gives it to us in his word. You say, I, I wonder what God's thoughts are on parenting. I, know, I wonder what God's thoughts are on finance. I wonder what God's thoughts are on bitterness. I wonder what God's thoughts are on misunderstanding. Folks, you get in his word. You get in his word. See, I've learned... Somebody said, preacher, I want to understand my, my wife. You got to listen to what they say. You're driving down the road, wide open. And she says, are you thirsty? I'm fine. I'm going to give you a news flash. She could care less whether or not you're thirsty or not. <laughs> you're driving down the road. Do you need to use the restroom? And it gets worse as we get older, amen? <laughs> what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying Matthew 12 and 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you want to know the heart of God, you've got to get in his word. If you want to know God's ways, you've got to get in your Bible. It's that simple, ladies and gentlemen. It reveals God's thoughts. I want to understand God. You've got to get in his word. Let me tell you the second thing. It shows you the right path. It shows you, say, Pastor, I've got decisions I need to make, and I, and I don't know which way to turn. You've got to get in your Bible. I, I've got decisions, preacher. You've got to get in your Bible. A preacher went to visit one of his parishioners, and he knocked and knocked and knocked, and nobody would come to the door. But he noticed the vehicle was in the driveway. So he went to his vehicle and he sent a text. Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. <laughs> if any man will open the door, I will come in. He waited about five minutes and he got a text back. Genesis 3.10. I heard thy voice and I was afraid. Because I was naked, I hid myself. Billy Graham said these words. He said, if you're ignorant of God's word, you'll be ignorant of God's will. If you're ignorant of God's word, you'll be ignorant of God's will. Because Psalms 119 verse 105 says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I don't know which, wait, wait. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path.
pastor, a friend of mine said I was pastoring in Canada, Brother Benny. He said I was asked to come to a church in Georgia. And he said I didn't know what to do. But I knew God was going to show me his will through his word. And so I just started praying and reading my Bible. And he said Genesis 31.3 jumped out at me. Return to the land of thy fathers and to thy kindred and I'll be with thee. He said, I knew the land of my fathers and where my kindred was was in Georgia. And I knew God had given me a word in season. Listen, folks, you say, I need to know the will of God. I know it's redundant, but get in your Bible. Let me tell you the third thing that the word of God does. It builds our faith. It builds our faith. See, I just want to challenge some of you. Get off Facebook and get in the faith book. Get in the faith book. I mean, if we've got all that time for social media, we've got time to get in the Word of God. We've got time to get in the Word of God. Because... Uh, uh, much of what's on social media is not true, and the Bible is 100% truth. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but that felt good. <laughs> Romans 10 and 17 says this. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You say, I, need, I want faith to build in my heart, Pastor Benny. You've got to get in your Bible. I want faith to build in my heart. You've got to get in your Bible. Acts chapter 14. And there they preached the gospel. Paul was preaching the gospel, by the way. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being crippled from his mother's womb, who never had walked. And the same heard Paul speak. And steadfastly, wait, he heard Paul speak, and he's beholding him, and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet, and he leaped, and he walked, and he leaped, and he walked, and he leaped, and he walked. Ladies and gentlemen, the Word of God will build faith in your heart. The Word of God will build faith in your heart. Young people, get in the Word of God and it will build faith in your heart. When I'm going through a tough time, which is a lot of the times, you're going to have tough days when you pastor as many people as I pastor because they're going to have tough days. And when your people have tough days, you weep with them. But when I'm having a tough time, many times I go to Psalms 121. And I go to verse 1, and it says, I'll lift my eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. And then verse 2 says, my help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. 
And I said, God, you, you, you took your hands and you measured the you measure the oceans out in the hollow of your hands. You, you, you put your finger and, and, and flicked out the stars and put the stars into place. You created the sun. You created the moon. You put the planets into orbit. God, you created this world. Oh, God, if you could create this beautiful world that we live in, if you can do all that, God, you can certainly help me because my help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. And folks, if God can create a world, he can help you. Let me tell you the fourth reason why you need to get in your Bible. It's our only offensive weapon against the enemy. Come up real close. The enemy wants to destroy you. You've got a target on your back. And the more you try to do for Jesus, the bigger that target gets. The enemy wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your life. We, we have an enemy, ladies and gentlemen. And God is not your enemy, by the way. Satan is your enemy. We have an enemy. And, and understand something. You only have one offensive weapon. Stand there for having your learns, loins girt about with truth. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith. Wherewith you'll be able to quench the fiery darts of the enemy, the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation. Wait. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The only offensive weapon you have, ladies and gentlemen, against the enemy is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Let me tell you something. The devil will say to you, oh, you can't ever do that. You can never accomplish that. But you've got to be able to say Philippians 4 and 13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. The, the, the devil will say to you, you can't overcome this. You're, you're no match for what's against you. But the sword of the Spirit says in Isaiah 54, 17, I can do all things through Christ. Or it says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. The, the, the devil will say to you, if God had loved you, he wouldn't let this happen. But you've got to be able to say Romans. Romans 8 and 28, I know, I may not understand, but God is working all things for my good. The devil will say to you, well, you're all alone. You're by yourself, but you got to be able to say, I serve a God that will never leave me nor forsake me. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. The devil will say to you, there's no hope for you in the future. But you got to be able to say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The devil will say, you can't overcome this. And you got to be able to say, I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. The devil will say, everybody's turned their back on you. But you got to be able to say, if God be for me, who can be against me? Oh, 
can we just take a moment and praise Him? Can you get up and praise Him? Yes, we give you praise, Lord, because you merit all the praise. Listen to me closely, folks. Just sit back down because I'm a little ways from through. You say, preacher, how did Jesus overcome the devil? You read Matthew chapter 4 with the word of God. And let me tell you something, how you're going to overcome the devil is through the power of the Word of God. It's our only offensive weapon. Pick up your sword, pick up your sword, and go to work on the devil. Amen? Now, let me tell you, the last reason why we need to get get in our Bibles, it lifts us up when we're down. (laughs) I'm excited, and I know what I'm going to say. Look here. And by the way, you're going to get down. Look here, you're going to get down. There are going to be times in your life that things are going to happen that it's going to be unexplainable. So if I could get to the pastor, if I can get to the counseling center, no, people can help you, but there are going to be times, folks, when they won't be answers. There are going to be times when you, you, you won't understand. Come up real close. For a diversity of reasons. Notice I said for a diversity of reasons. There'll people leave you and you'll not understand why it had to happen. In more than one way, people will leave you and you won't understand why it had to happen and you won't understand why it did happen. Many times in pastoring, I've preached funerals of some of the finest people. I'm I'm just a human. And I'd say, God, why did you take that man? Why did you take that woman, God? I'm just being, can I, can I just be real? I said, God, if you'd consulted me, I would have give you, given you 50 other men. Why, why that one? Jeremiah got there. Let's look what he said. He said, O Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I, and thou prevailed. He, look what he said. He said, I'm in a depression daily. I'm I'm in a depression daily. Everyone mocketh me. For since I spake, I cried out, I cried violence and spoil. Because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me. And I'm, I'm in a derision. I'm just in a depression, God, every day. And then he said, Lord... In light of what's happened, I'm not going to preach anymore. I'm not going back to church. 
I'm not going to read the Bible. I'm not going to, I'm not, I've tried the church. It didn't work. I'm done. I'm through. But then he said, but his word was in my heart. As a fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing. And I just could not stay there. He said, I was down, but what lifted me up was when I read Hebrews 13 and 5 that said, God would never leave me nor forsake me. I was down, but when I read Galatians 6 and 9 that said, don't you be weary in well-doing, for in due season you'll reap if you faint not. I was down until I read Romans 8 and 31. If God be for us, who can be against us? I was down till I read 1 John 4 and 4. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I was down until I read Romans 8 and 37 that said I'm more than a oh glory be to God I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me his word was in my heart and I couldn't stay down I couldn't stay down I couldn't stay down I had to get back up lift my hands toward heaven and praise him Folks, give me, give me a little bit more. No, no. Get this. The average home in America has four Bibles in it. Say, oh, that's good. But only 11% of Americans are reading those Bibles. But wait. If you read your Bible four times a week, four times a week, what happens, Pastor? Feeling lonely drops 30%. Anger issues drop 32%. Bitterness in relationships drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Sex outside of marriage drops 68%. Feeling spiritually stagnant drops 60%. Viewing pornography drops 61%. Sharing your faith jumps 200%. Discipling others jumps 230%. What are you trying to do, preacher? I'm trying to call you to arms. <laughs> Look. I'm trying to call you to arms. What are you trying to do? I'm trying to get you to accept it. <laughs> I'm trying to get you to read it. I'm trying to get you to meditate upon it. <laughs> and I'm trying to get you to sit under it and get in Bible study and get in church and get in a life group and get under the Word of God. I'm almost done. You know, you, 
I'm not going to ask God anything when I get to heaven, by the way. Because the Bible says in that day we'll ask him nothing. You say, well, I want to ask him about why he did this. No. In that day, we'll ask him nothing. You say, why, pastor, do you believe in that day? We'll ask him nothing because when we get there, it will all make sense. It will all make sense. When you get there, it will all make sense. But if I could ask him anything, you know what I'd like to say? God, you called me to preach. But why couldn't I just preach? Why did I have to be a wild man? I never set out to want to be a wild man. But I just get to thinking about how good God's been to me. And I get to thinking about where he brought me from. And I can't help but lift my hand and praise him, folks. When I was young, I used to watch a movie, a TV program called Wanted, Dead or Alive. Steve McQueen and I would pretend like I was Steve McQueen wanted dead or any, anybody old enough to watch that other than me yes some of you did but you don't want to admit it wanted dead or alive Steve McQueen Steve was a man's man I, I, I like a man who's a man's man did you ever shake a guy's hand that felt like you were shaking a dish towel I like a man just gives you a shake, just to, you know, you know. I mean, be a man. I mean, we need men, folks. We need men. I mean, goodness gracious. We need men. Be a man, not a mouse. Speak up. Don't squeak up. Be a man. But I'm, I'm, I've got to get back to my story. Steve McQueen, man, if his name was on the marquee, you knew it was going to be great. Let me tell you what Steve McQueen told him. He said, listen, I don't need stunt men. You need somebody to run into the building on fire, I'll run in. You need somebody to uh, fall off the building, don't bring a stunt man in. I'll fall off the building. I'll be my very own stunt man. Steve was just the tops. But he got into alcohol and he got into drugs and his life spiraled downhill. It just went down fast. He went through relationship after relationship after relationship after relationship. And he get, started dating a young lady. And he said, uh, will you go out with me? And she said, yeah, I'll go out with you. But I choose where we're going on our first date. He said, I'll go anywhere to get to go out with you. So he went out with her. And she took him to church. Now, now young, I don't know, this is not the message, but young ladies, you said, Pastor Benny, he won't go to church with me now, but after we get married, he will. If he won't go now, he won't go after you get married, honey. The greatest leverage you got is right now. Greatest leverage you got is right now. They went to church, and old Steve McQueen walked down the aisle and gave his heart and life to Jesus Christ. And because he was a Hollywood actor, and had some connections. He arranged a meeting with Billy Graham. And Steve McQueen met with Billy Graham. This is all documented. And he said, Mr. Graham, you don't understand. I'm not like you. I've drank more alcohol. I've smoked more weed. 
I've, I've used more cocaine. I've used more heroin. I'm, you, I'm, you, you don't understand. I've gone with more women. I, 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 relationship after relationship. He said, Mr. Graham, I've been nothing like you. Mr. Graham said, but you gave your life to Christ. He said, yes, I did. But he said, Mr. Graham, after all I've done, how do I know that God will, will forgive somebody like me? Mr. Graham poured out, poured out his Bible. And he went to Titus chapter 1, verse 2. This is what it says. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. He underlined that verse. And he said, here, Steve, it's yours. Steve was diagnosed with cancer. He was taking experimental treatment in Mexico. They found him in a recliner dead. But he had his Bible open. And it was open to Titus chapter 1. And his finger was on verse 2. That says, in hope of eternal life. Which God that cannot lie promised <laughs> before the world began. <laughs> Thank God for the Word of God. Let's praise Him one more time. Stand into our feet. Just praise Him. Yes, yes. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you would like more information about Rock Springs, be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.